Hi, this is Paul Butler. I'm the Senior Pastor of New Heart Baptist Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a great blessing to you and encourage your life. I part of my week was meeting with the interns and spent was only spent to, meant to spend an hour with them, I spent two hours with them, talking about, um, we did the three circles, and if you haven't done that, on how to share your faith with people. It was just awesome doing that with them, and talking about what we're, some of what we're going to talk about today, about um, the trilogy of the good news. And um, we, we, But it was so cool talking to them about... Um, in my, my experience, the closest thing I think I've got to the New Testament church experience was when I was in my uh, 20s and I, I was a member of a beach mission team. And um, it was a pivotal time in my life. Uh, it, uh, I was on a team down at Evans Head for three years consecutively, or four years, and uh, along with that and what was going in in my youth, youth, in the youth ministry of my church and the work I was doing in Sydney, it changed my direction about discipleship. But what was really cool about Beach Mission is and uh, was that we were a team. And I've got to say that we, we, we talk about the church um, as a gathering of people, but... I want you to, to get the idea. See, the word team is not really used much in the Bible. Have you noticed that? You don't, you know, this team and that team and um, God's team and the devil's team. And we don't talk about it. The Bible doesn't address that. It's a concept that must have come later. Um, but I think the, uh, in today's world, calling the church a team is a really great way of describing what Jesus actually began with his group of young men that he called to come and follow. Uh, they were called Talmidim, which was the school of a rabbi. And, but really what they were learning to do under Jesus, Jesus' coach, as actually was the captain coach, because he did it and he was instructing them how to do it, uh, was he was actually teaching them how to be a team on the field playing the game, not just fans in a club. And I think the problem with our church of today's world is, is that the, the church is too much like a club where you're a fan, not necessarily a player on the field. And we have lots of fans, but not enough people playing on the field. And I think uh, what I want to talk to you about today is related to this idea that the church is actually Team Jesus. And we have an ongoing coach, he's the Holy Spirit, who represents Jesus and we are, all play, we are all called and set apart to be players in this team. And there are some wonderful aspects of playing in a team. Not only that, you get to defeat the enemy and you get to play the game that is actually of eternal consequence for us and for others. And this is no mere game. This is actually life and death. And um, so I want to talk to you about... Um, Team Jesus and the power that he unleashed through this beautiful team. Um, we've been t talking about Acts chapter 2, and we're just going to quickly read it. Um, they, uh, this little section, which is a summary by Luke, Dr. Luke, uh, of what the, the, the first church looked like. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We've talked about that. Which, in reality, the apostles' teaching was Jesus' teaching, right? 
it was his teaching that he had established from the Old Testament and he was explaining it to them and he was enlarging it to them. And to fellowship, and we're going to talk about that word soon, it's the word koinonia, which, we, which is basically common union. To the breaking of bread, which we describe as communion. <laughs> yeah, right. It's another word for communion. Uh, we, the Lord's Supper is another expression. The breaking of bread, and they just use this term, breaking of bread. But in that culture of that time, breaking of bread is actually what you did with somebody who was a friend. So if someone wasn't your friend, you could do breaking of bread with them and they would become your friend. I love that idea that communion is, I was once lost, now I'm found. I was once your enemy, now I'm your friend. And it was in the breaking of bread that I become your friend. Ooh, it was the breaking of Jesus. And to prayer, they got together. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had all things in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. We're going to concentrate on the last part um, in a little while. But first of all, Team Jesus. This is what Team Jesus was made up of. It was made up of men, women and children. We don't think about children very much, uh, but Jesus talked about welcoming the least of these. Uh, I believe there were children followers. It's just that they're not talked about very much. Um, but there were men women and children. Amongst the 120 listed that were in the upper room, there were many names of women listed who had been following Jesus. And some of those names are, are listed as women who had followed Jesus and made it possible for him to do what he did by supporting his ministry financially. Uh, we have, so uh, this is an unusual movement, men, women and children. Uh, in, in future generations, women and children became almost to seen and not heard um, but in this time Jesus's team was made up of men women and children and they had a prominent place in this new church there was obviously it started as Jewish but it quickly went into the Gentile world when God anointed uh, well actually showed Peter that it was okay and then he set aside Paul we had young leaders in this church all of the leaders chosen the 12 were under 30. Uh, we know that later on in Acts, it says they looked at these, these leaders and said these ordinary unschooled men who had been known to be with Jesus. So amongst them were educated and uneducated. Some of the people like Paul were highly educated. He was, he was a Pharisee and he was a rabbi. Uh, he knew the Old Testament off by heart. So there were people who were educated and uneducated. Nicodemus was one of the Sanhedrin and uh, one of the, the, the Jewish council. He was an educated man. Uh, so, but then there were people who were fishermen. Uh, they never got past grade six. They just went on and, and went on, like Peter, James and John. They would have gone and done their father's business. So they only got to grade six. So you have this mix of educated and uneducated. You have this mix of wealthy and poor. Some of the educated people probably had wealth. And we know that uh, some of them came from Herod's household. Some of the women actually were wealthy enough to support Jesus' ministry. But we also know that there were poor. Uh, Zacchaeus was a very wealthy, <laughs> by, by means that 
Uh, he later gave away. And here's what's interesting. Acts chapter 2, at the beginning, tells us that the church, the very first church, which started on the day of Pentecost, was filled with people who became believers from Galilee. And if you look at the list of all the places and all the languages that were being spoken by the people who had been filled with the, by the believers, filled with the Holy Spirit, you find out they're from, they're from Galilee all the way to Rome. And later on in Acts, we learn that um, Philip shares the word with the Ethiopian eunuch. So Team Jesus, <laughs> man, it wasn't, it was, it was so broad and it was multifaceted. I love it. I love it so much because it's not for educated, it's not for poor people, it's it's for every person, colour, shade, you name it, it's there. And Jesus doesn't he you're human, you 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 count. You're in. You can join. You can join Team Jesus. I love that. Um, this team uh, had been transformed by the good... These are the elements that made them that team. They were transformed by the good news of Jesus, that he died on a cross to forgive their sins and he rose from the dead to give them new life. That was the message that they shared and it transformed them. They were so excited about it, they couldn't stop talking about Jesus who had died for the forgiveness of sins, and he had been raised from the dead to overcome sin, Satan, and death. And people just thought that was awesome. They tell people, you need to believe in this Jesus. He has changed my life. And then this team, Jesus, were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And anybody who believed received the power of the Holy Spirit. Throughout Acts, you have stories of people being transformed by the good news. And the second that they do that, you hear this evidence that they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And in most of the cases, they speak in unknown languages, just like the disciples had done on the day of Pentecost. And then there's this thing, this word fellowship, which we've talked about before, which is the idea of common union. And in this passage, there are five things that Team Jesus were known for doing that became hallmarks of the church throughout the years to come. And the first one is that they were devoted to Jesus' teaching. Second one is they were devoted to meeting, eating, and breaking bread. I reckon we need to include the second one more in church, don't you reckon? And we need to do... It says, it says they met in the temple and in each other's homes. I reckon we need to include coffee shops, cafes, and under a tree in our description of where, where church can happen. But meeting, eating, and breaking of bread together. It's just like doing life stuff, doing the basics together. Uh, number three, they prayed, and down the bottom of the passage it says, and they were uh, praising God. Prayer and praise, praise and worship uh, was part of who they were. There was miracles and signs and wonders occurring throughout the whole of the book of Acts that we see in the life and ministry of Jesus and the disciples. And that was evident there as a part of this team Jesus. And the last one, which doesn't get a lot of press, is this one. Um, they were meeting together, it says. Uh, all the believers were together. So there was this gathering, that common gathering. And in Hebrews, the writer says, do not neglect the gathering together and i think one of the things that we got challenged with at COVID was when when it got tough people didn't prioritize that and i want to say to you church we've got to really honor that uh, our 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 part of the team jesus is 
actually prioritising and doing whatever it takes, even if it's awkward, uncomfortable, and I don't like it. For example, I don't like Zoom meetings. Who doesn't like Zoom meetings? Everybody I know, this is all some people, Brad would tell you, really love Zoom meetings. People love the idea of doing, being able to meet with others online in their pyjamas with a coffee and not having to leave home. For some people, that was cool. For other people, it's so impersonal and distant and I just can't connect to it. I've got to say to you, when you're faced with an option of nothing and Zoom, I'll take Zoom every time. Why? Because I'm part of Team Jesus and being meeting together, even if it's hard, is better than nothing. I don't want to and can't, can't do church by myself. Church by myself is not church at all. Now, I understand that there are people who can't do church and they are still mysteriously a part of Jesus' body. But I, I want to say, if you've got the opportunity and you've got means, let's make every effort to gather together uh, to share what Jesus said. Now, it says there, and that they had all things in common. The Greek word there for common is the same word as koinonia. It's koina. Which, and, and then if the common language of Greek is called koine Greek. So this word koina is the word common. And they shared all things in common. This is the believers who shared all things in common. Our, that's a big stretch for us, right? Team Jesus? Sharing all things in common? This sounds like a commune. And some people have actually taken this passage and said we need to be living more in commune. Um, and I just want to say the reason that they did this, you cannot separate the sharing of the good news, the sharing of Jesus' teaching, prayer, uh, the breaking of bread and all these other things, apart from the fact that God's a Holy Spirit has touched us and transformed us with the gospel, the good news, and his Spirit's come upon us. We can't take this passage away from the fact that this is what happens when you're transformed by the good news and the power of the Holy Spirit comes on us. All believers were together and they shared all things in common. I'll tell you why you can't separate the, the, the baptism and the Holy Spirit and the good news changing your life from that verse. Because that is unnatural for humans. It needs a supernatural act of God for a church to become common union over all things. It would take a move of God for us to stop worrying about what's mine and what's yours and for it to become ours. You know that expression, what's yours is mine? And what's mine is mine. <laughs> what does it take for that to change? Let me tell you, giving to those who are in need and sharing with each other is a move and an act of God because it's not in our culture. Um, I remember reading a book, um, the church, what I learned from, the, from an Italian family is about the, being the church. And one of the things that I learned in that book was a guy who was an Italian, married an Italian and married into an Italian family, and he said, I learned this rule. You never come to a to a when you're invited to someone's place, you never come empty-handed, but you'll always leave with more than you came with. Oh, it's all about family. Is there, do you know any Greeks or Italians? It's all, 
or actually uh, I've heard um, people from our Asian um, communities say the same, it's all about family. Um, this idea of all, we're all together and all things in common, we're sharing. And so this word fellowship is connected to this idea and then finally, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Um, Jesus' teaching on giving to the poor uh, was substantial and Luke had a real connection with Jesus' teaching and you'll see it throughout the book of Acts but also in, the, in his book of Luke. Uh, it starts with Jesus. Uh, Luke is the only one that quotes Jesus' first sermon in Nazareth where Jesus says, um, uh, quotes from Isaiah 61 and he says, The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me and called me to preach good news to the poor. Now, here's the interesting thing. Pentecost comes, the Spirit of the Lord anoints the church. What is that good news to? Who is the first person outside of that big crowd that Peter um, preaches to on that day? The very next day, who is the first person to receive it outside of that crowd? Uh, the beggar at the gate. Good news to the poor. And Jesus demonstrates his power. Um, here we have good news to the poor. The good, the story of the, uh, this, these stories, the following stories, are exclusive to Luke. So Luke and all the gospel writers are listening and talking to all the disciples, and they're gathering stories, and then they have to compile them. And Luke's message to the church through the stories that he compiled was a lot around that Jesus's powers come onto the church to proclaim good news and to demonstrate good news, and it and it starts with the poor. Starts with the poor. So the Good Samaritan, uh, the question is, who is my neighbour? And Jesus shares. Uh, the rich fool, what does he do? He keeps accumulating, accumulating, accumulating until, and doesn't give away. The marriage banquet. There's an old song and it's older than me. Yeah, don't worry me. Oh, I've married a oh, I've married a cow. Bought me a wife. <laughs> Get that. Uh, someone. Uh, yeah, the idea is, you know, I can't come to your banquet because I've got all these things that I've got to look after. The shrewd manager. What did he do? And Jesus is talking about the poor. He talked about accumulating wealth to to in order uh, in order to give it away. Is the shrewd manager and the rich man and Lazarus? Well, we know about that one, don't we? There's got the got the, Jesus tells a story about a poor man living outside his gate, and the rich man does nothing to help him. So, Jesus talks about it. The Old Testament talks about it. In fact, the the the, the team Israel failed to look after the poor, and Jesus comes, and his message is the same as this new message about the kingdom of God. God is still interested in the poor, and I just want to say this to you. There are the good news trilogy that Jesus came. He came with a message. The good news is to the poor and it is that God is near and those, he's near to those. It says um, in his Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So Jesus' message is to, to people poor and poor in spirit who, who would cry out to God and ask him for mercy and the message would come. So he had a message. He had miracles. I said to the team on, on uh, Thursday, 
I said, you know what? I, I read the, um, the good news stories from the Gospels and I read the book of Acts and I see the good news being proclaimed, uh, demonstrated often before it's proclaimed. So Jesus encounters people at their point of need. He, he, he does a supernatural act which changes their life and now they're ready to hear what he has to say. And finally, there's a supernatural act or grace upon the church to provide mercy, which is countercultural. Throughout the years, the church has become known by a powerful God who comes upon them and they give in ways that the world is bamboozled by. Un, un, supernatural grace is the grace of giving. And it goes above and beyond. And the Good News Trilogy is a powerful trilogy. It's this miracles and signs and wonders. It's the transforming word that Jesus had died and he's risen again to give us new life. And he's forgiven us our sins. He's made us right. And finally, it's all those two things and the mercy given through our giving to the poor. So, Team Jesus is all those things. But this is the, this is the one that... I think we can work on a bit better. As I was on my sabbatical, this is the one thing the Lord, one of the many things, but this is one thing he placed on my heart for 2021, that we become much better at become acquainted with the least of these, that we begin to share the message, the miracles and signs, and we give to those in need, and that we work as a team to do that. Um, I say... To, when I'm doing life group training, I say to our life groups, there are four elements to life group. First of all, we celebrate what God, is, God, God has been doing in our lives and we celebrate his work. The second thing is we go to a passage of scripture and we ask several questions of, about what God is saying to us about that scripture. Finally, we get to a point where we go, how would I apply that in my life? Third, we pray and care. We share each other's lives. We share about what's going on and we care about each other. And I think that that we need to do probably a little bit more proactive as we share our needs that we actually get more involved as a church with each other. And the fourth one is um, about mobilising as a team, going out as a team. What I loved about the carol picture, Brad, we need to get that carol picture up for, to show it that you took at our second service. Um, what I love about the idea of a carol team is that they're a team. And they're out there in our community, they're praising God and they're prayerfully considering how they can connect with the people around them. And there are people who are singing and there are people who are just praying and talking with people. And you know what? I love that. I love it so much because it is like Beach Mission. Beach Mission is a team that's, uh, that's praying, planning, preparing. They're out there, they're working together. They're sharing the good news with you. They're loving one another, looking after each other. And I said to the interns the other day, I said, I think church needs to be more like beach mission. I used to come on, go on beach mission and come back to church and go, oh, church is so pedestrian. <laughs> Why can't church be more like beach mission? Because, you know, beach mission's on, on the, we will connect, it was like, Everything was working together the way I see it in the New Testament. So sharing giving as a team. Well, I'd want to like to 
to finish by getting you into groups of three or four. And I just want you to quickly talk about amongst yourselves, how can we share and give better under the power of the Holy Spirit? We've been given so much and he's given us power. God wants to powerfully give through us. Why? Because that powerful giving is one of the ways in which doors will be opened to our message and opportunities to pray for miracles. Sometimes the message comes through a gift. Sometimes the message comes through a prayer and a miracle. Sometimes it gets through a conversation. And I just don't want to be locked into one of those things, only doing um, mercies, only praying for miracles, only using my mouth and my message. God wants to use all of them, and he wants us to do it as a team. I say to the team when I'm doing a life group training, how about you get together, talk amongst yourselves, find out who you know outside of this group who doesn't know Jesus, begin to pray for them, and then find ways to love on them and get to know that person. So that the group is not just about what they do in the meeting, but they're actually working as a team to share the good news together. I think that's where, we, where the church goes from being a fan to being a player. I think God wants to anoint players because there's so many people who don't know him yet. And he wants them. He wants them. Would you get into groups? Let's just talk amongst ourselves quickly and pray for one another about how we can move from being a fan and look at ways in which we can share better and give better to those who are in need. Perhaps your life group could do it. Perhaps, I don't know. And, and then pray for one another over that.